Hi, this is Greg Anthony, better known as Cole Anthony's dad, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast with my guys, Mikey, Paul, and Garan. In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. What's up, magic fans? Welcome to Orlando Magic UK's podcast, Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, today is Saturday, the 15th of October, and we are recorded episode 101 as we make our way to 200 after the 100th last week. Um, today we'll be uh, talking about the last two preseason games for the Magic. Uh, we'll be previewing the East um, and just have a general chat about going on holiday, eh, boys? So uh, before Wait, I... Something uh, happening? <laughs> you can tell us now, mate. You can tell us. So I'll come to Paul first because he's first to jet off. So I How's it going, Paul? How's the packing going? Mate, um, I think aside from picking out a pair of uh, sliders or sandals or something, we're done. I think that's all I've got left to do. The cases are pretty much packed. It's uh, all to one side. The jerseys are picked out, which ones are going, hence why this one isn't. This one's not having a trip back to Florida. Um yeah, we're there, mate. Looking forward to it. Fly out Tuesday. So head down to uh, overnight stop at Heathrow on Monday evening. Looking forward to it. Go and join Angus. And your man yeah, Keeney's yeah, yeah. staying at home. Oh, no, mate. Of course it's going with me. I don't want to... <laughs> mate, look, when we are all stood in a water park, I don't want to let the side down. So I'm, I'm fully trimmed and mankini at the ready. <laughs> stood, stood there in your Orlando magic mankini. With the love handles hanging down either oh, side, wow. looking good. Putting out the vibe. Oh. <laughs> what a picture. What a, picture. What a start to yeah. the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's everybody switched off. It's just us talking to ourselves from now on. <laughs> Uh, and then Gary, you're second to uh, depart the City Beautiful, going on Friday, I believe. Yeah, I thought the um, Sixth Man show was the people who had the uh, Manscaped sponsorship. The Lawnmower 4.0 or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, uh, you all ready, Gar? Unlike Paul, I, I haven't I, I haven't even put anything in the case yet. Um, it'll get done, and it'll get done. So yeah, it'll just be like a in a goes in a goes travel light, and uh, yeah, I've got the dollars, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be sorted sorted by Monday or Tuesday. Good stuff, and um, Mikey. I believe you're fully packed from what I'm, you told I'm, me last night. I'm packed. I had a phone call off Paul in the week and. We're basically, the four of us are like girls, I think. We're all comparing what jerseys <laughs> we're taking on holiday. What do you think? How do you think I look in this jersey? Do you think I should wear this on, on opening night? Or <laughs> that, was, that was Paul. But uh, no, I'm, I'm Pat, mate. Have my jerseys pressed. All those flappy letters I've had on some rubbish jerseys. They've uh, all been yeah. pressed. <laughs> yeah, no, all good, uh, mate. It's been, it's been a fun week. Thought about that been a fun yeah. week lily's just turned three and she's uh excited about going on holiday to orlando for the first time so uh yeah definitely looking forward to it good stuff and the jersey pressing worked yeah it did yeah for anybody if you get any letters peeling on some of the newer jerseys just use a bit of baking uh paper teflon isn't it like teflon or baking paper 
just put that over it, run the run the iron over it just gently, and uh, yeah, but it's a treat. Happy days, good stuff. Right then, let's just get these plugs out of the way with, so we can get on with the episode. Um, so for merchandise, please shop the latest Orlando Magic gear at NBA Store EU and Fanatics UK. Uh, all the links will be in the description. Add Magic UK ten for ten percent off your order. Uh, some other offers may be available, which might be a little bit better than ten percent, but just bear that in mind. Um, or you can head to our own online store at magicfansapparel.tmail.com uh, for some of our own merchandise. Again, the link's in the description. Uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast for free, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at Orlando Magic UK. Even if you subscribe on another platform, that would just really help us out. So let's get on to Magic News. So before we just delve into the games, etc. this week... Um, the new Magic City Edition jersey was reportedly leaked this week. Um, if you haven't seen it, take a look at our Twitter account because it's been discussed there uh, and we've shared the images that, that have been leaked. Um, but for those who are listening, um, essentially it's a black jersey with very faint pinstripes, a navy trim to the arms and neckline with a kind of a Western-style cowboy, a bit similar to the New Orleans Pelicans uh, text, just reading Orlando across the front. Uh, the lettering then is this, um, sort of the, the, the numbering then is the same um, as what we have on the normal association and uh, icon jerseys. Um, now this hasn't officially been released, so we don't know for sure if it is absolutely uh, positively that's what it's going to be. It but is. indications, yeah. Ter- okay. Ter- Terence Ross was on the Sixth Man Show this week, and he said Did that he? is the jersey. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. There we go. We have it from Terence Ross. Um, but I know you, Mikey, have been doing a bit of a deep dive into the origin of the um, the font, perhaps. Do you want to give us a bit more? Well, well I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a deep dive, but I, I saw a couple of people discussing it when it got leaked online on Twitter the other day. And essentially just trying to find any sort of details in the jersey that the, the font Orlando itself is a little bit reminiscent of the Church Street signage that you see. Um, see On the there. railway line now. That's right. The yeah. station, yeah. Yeah. Um, so although it looks very New Orleans-y, it's got the same sort of font as that. Um, and people were talking about, there's a now there's a place called, I want to say it's the Cheyenne, Cheyenne Saloon, oh, which yeah. is on Church Street opposite Harry Buffalo. Um, and I was looking at images online and doing a bit of a Google search and, some of the patterns and some of the like the architecture on the inside and the decor i think is where like that lattice sort of pattern that's on the jersey comes from um if you go on our twitter feed you'll see some of the images that we've had in the conversation there but apparently that building is where pat williams announced that orlando were bidding to bring nba basketball to to orlando so there's some history in that building so i i think doing a little bit of research and, and from what people have been saying, that might be where the history, where, where the, where the details are coming from in this Jersey. Um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a couple of pictures of Pat Williams on a podium and you can see him in that building. So whether that's true, I don't know, but I'm just uh, clutching at straws until we actually find out what, what, what's, what it's all about. So, so before I ask you guys your thoughts on that Jersey, is that the, building poor that your friends went to if it's opposite Harry <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> mate that would have been a far better font wouldn't it my mate Chris giving a, 
twenty dollar bill into a uh, drag artist um, <laughs> g string, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, that would have been yeah. that, that, that would have been Hamb- nice. Is that Hamburger Mary's? Was it? Yeah, it was, mate. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was it. That was it. Okay, so um, thoughts on on the jersey, Gary? What do you think of it, mate? It's okay. I think that's probably the where I'm at with it. It's it's inoffensive. Um, I'm not blown away with it. I'm not disappointed. Really, it's it's just okay. Um, I'm not overall with Nike. I think they've had a bit of a nightmare this off season. When you look at what they've offered the rest of the league, I think we've got like a pretty run of the mill City jersey. Some are worse. Couple are better. Um, I like the little nods, what Mikey's been talking about there. At least it makes sense where there's some, why the font is what it is, why the print is what it is. And um, there is, seems to be a little faint pinstripe running down it as well, which I always like that little nod. But yeah, I'm, I'm not, I didn't see it and go, oh, wow, I love that. But it's okay. I think that's where I'm at with it. It's just inoffensive. Yeah. 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 Paul? I'm pretty much with Gary, I've got to be honest. Yeah, it's, I looked at it and thought, um, where would I place it amongst the, the the city jerseys that we've had in the past? And in all honesty, I'd probably rank it as around with this one. Um, it's yeah. about as boring. It's about as boring until I've seen it in person. But that, yeah, that's, it that's the thing, Paul, isn't it? Until we actually see it, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. reserve judgment because I actually oh, I overreacted oh. when we when the statement jersey came out and you that did. was come yeah. out. I'm like, no, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm I don't know whether the whether the colours didn't do the pic on the picture didn't do it any justice. It looked mm. a bit. I, I was expecting to see probably stronger colours in there. It looked a bit washed out. Um, I don't know. We'll wait and see. But on initial thoughts from the image that we saw it's as low as this one I'm not except I, I, I bought it let's put it that way I'm not a fan I quite yeah. like that alright I, I like that I like that one Paul as well I like that yeah, one Paul. I, I, I think it's <laughs> boring I find this one a boring jersey but then again that's me with white isn't it I'm not a great fan of it yeah that's in my yeah. top two city jersey is that alright okay mate and the, like the one we just had, or my top two. City. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the one we just had is my top. Yeah, yeah that's my favourite too. Yeah, I, I really wasn't that thrilled when I saw that. I was a bit that's disappointed. A, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's down there, right at the bottom. Um, let's, and I let's wait with Elliot from Hooping and Looting, and mm. yeah, we, we were both in agreement that it's not the best. Sorry. But yeah, like you said, I let's wait. To, I, let's wait and see. I want to see out. it. Yeah. Yeah, see you when definitely. we get when we actually get hold of it and see what what it looks like. Then. Yeah, and we and we will get I'll it. St- just that we might fair, have to we'll wait for the, the hooping and looting bargain bucket for it. That's the only uh, caveat. Yeah, you know. So let's be fair. We know full well we'll end up with one in the collection. Yeah, you know, because we're just, we're just that sad. We'll moan about Nike's designs and then go. All right, then here's my money. Have hundred. Yeah. Have hundred. You know Gary's getting Bancaro on the on the city jersey. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Rookie okay. jersey. Rookie jersey. Bancaro. And you know, I think G will have a full swan hanging up in <laughs> <laughs> Got about ten now, G, haven't you? 
fault six or seven. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. those pitchforks out of there to make room for. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, good stuff. Um, so Magic player transactions this week today. In fact, this afternoon, the Magic announced they've waived Devin Kennedy, Jay Scrub, and Simi Shitu. I don't know if you say if if that's right or not. Uh, bringing the roster to, to, to seventeen players. I'll go with that again, mate. Um, so, I mean, obviously, everybody watched the game last night and, and saw Kennedy and Mosley, and it was quite a, a moment, really, wasn't it? Where it was almost like that acknowledgement, you know, this is the last couple of seconds before the transaction kind of happens. Um, any thoughts on Devin, guys? I, I would have, I would still probably like to have seen him have the two-way slot with Admiral. Um, and it be Harris that went. Oh, not. I've got to be honest. Preseason, he's not over impressed me. I don't think Devon's had the best preseason, but uh, I think he he deserves that chance. I don't know what else the guy's got to do. You know, he um, he was he was showing before he had that horrendous an- ankle injury that uh, saw him waived originally. Came back um, in difficult circumstances for the team. He's always given effort. And for me, I think he probably deserved to be part of the squad going forward. I suppose, Mm. sentiment aside, if we are wanting to compete and be a team further up the league, is he one of those players that's going to take us there? Probably not, perhaps not, but uh, then again, it's Harris. But I would have, I would have wanted to see Kennedy stay because I really like the guy. Simple as. Yeah, I'm just hoping he may, might get a chance to go back to Lakeland or somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know, just to, to yeah. fly his trade. And then, you know, some teams will come knocking, uh, especially, you know, there'll be a lot of tanking teams just want to try some guys out. So, mm. now, fingers crossed, he gets a deal somewhere else. Um, right then, so on to the preseason games this last week. So first we played the Memphis Grizzlies and beat the Memphis Grizzlies 109-105 on Tuesday night uh, in what was a very impressive effort. Uh, first qu- quarter was probably the best quarter of basketball um, you've seen in a long time, um, taking a 31-17 lead. Um, we continue to play good basketball, show great composure down the stretch, I thought, um, and getting a W. Uh, Franz Wagner, Wagner especially, uh, which I'm sure the boys will touch upon shortly when we just have a little chat about this. Um, and the magical led by Wendell Carter with 18 points, Terence Ross and Bancaro, his first game of the Amway Centre scoring 17, which improved the magic to 3-1 and one for the pre-season. Um, and then last night, the pre-season came to a close um, with another W. Um, so we finished 4-1 and one on the pre-season with a 114-108 uh, win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, now, the Cavs were missing players, but we were too. They were missing Jarrett Allen, that, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland and Kevin Love. Um, Cavs jumped out a little bit on us. They led at 55-52 at the break, uh, but the Magic were able to win the third and fourth quarter uh, with the ball movement, uh, impressive in places. Uh, and an effort to defend the paint, um, especially at the rim, um, especially with that lineup that started, which was uh, 
I like that lineup. Anthony Wagner at the two, Bancaro, Wendell Carter, and Mo Bamba. Um, Bancaro led the way with 17, with Cole pitching with 14, France 13, and Caleb Houston um, with some points as well. So, quick word on the week. Any thoughts on the Grizzly game, Gary? Um, I think, first of all, anything with pre-season, for me, it's got that asterisk that it is pre-season, but at the same point in time, um, that was a strong Memphis lineup that was fielded. When you look at it, uh, Brooks was there, Adams was there, Bain was there, and crucially, Jarmorant were there. And you look at the minutes allocation, um, that's not a team that had set out to say, oh, who cares about this game? They were playing it at a pretty decent level. Um, and also when you factor in Memphis's culture that they've built, they're very much this high-octane trash talk and we want to win everything. Um, so I think the fact that we did win the game, even though, yeah, it's not regular season at the same point in time, it's it's something you take with you into your own culture. And breeding, breeding um, a positive mentality, breeding the right type of uh, players in Orlando and getting the crowd excited going into the season, a win against Memphis does all of that. And at the end of the day, you can win or lose a game. You might you might as well win it. <laughs> and that for young players, that's that's a good thing. When, when you look at it, like Morant had an 8 of 24 shooting night. And that says a lot, I think, for the defence we've got out there. You know, holding him to that, he's one of the superstars. He's a top 10 player in the NBA. And I thought we just got this little glimpse into what the blueprint, the plan probably is, where when you look at it, you've got Paolo coming out with 17 and 9. You've got a 14, 10 and 7 from Franz. You've got Wendell with 18, 7 and 8. T. Ross with 17 points. Houston coming on, dropping five or six shots, 13 points. And then you're getting nice like cameos from Ball Ball with that dunk. And it was just very balanced from Orlando. And I think Memphis are one of those teams that we're looking at who are... A, Further on than us, great culture, young players, exciting, high octane. And for us to go and beat them um, says a lot with where we're at. And I think Cole Anthony's interview after the game last night where he was talking about the record and it's the first time we've won four in a row since his rookie season. Yeah, you can tell what they're trying to do, go into the season with momentum, build build a positive culture. So it's good signs, really. Um, long may it continue. Absolutely. Anything to add to that, boys? I I would say that t- there's two points to me. That one of the worrying things, and we saw this a lot last year, especially from the first three preseason games, we were getting blown out a lot in the first quarter, and we were getting ourselves down. The fact that we come out and outscored them 31 to 17 in the first quarter and got off to a much better start in that Grizzlies game was good to see, um, and it was also good in that. We got to test ourselves against a really good Grizzlies team after getting blown out by them the week before. And I think it was a good a good test to see how far they'd actually come in in a week, 10 days. And they were obviously behind the eight ball, having missed two days of practice because of the hurricane. So to see that progression in, in what a week, week and a half was good to see for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, Paul, any takeaways from last night's encounter with the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think we've we've all, we've you you spoke in the introduction there about the production in the lineup that we started. Um, the we've already spoke about how Wendell and Paolo Franz Cole have all been playing. Cole's had a really good preseason, I think. 
been very, very impressed with Cole in the pre-season. But I want to... Bowl, bowl. Wow. We've got a nice piece of business there. I'm uh, very happy to see what he is producing. Uh, the guy is certainly very agile. He's, he's, his frame belies his strength. Um, and he appears to have a very active set of hands. His defence is fantastic. I mean, he's, there's been a bit of a block party from him at, at various points. And I've been really enjoying his cameo appearances in these games. I think we've got a good player to come off the bench there. Uh, Caleb Houston, um, what he's produced in the minutes he's been given. I know that last night was um, against a bench unit. as uh, He was playing for our bench unit against their bench unit in that fourth quarter. But his shooting was good. Um, he, he came on and took his opportunities and that's all you can ask of somebody who is in that position to come on, make the effort and show what he can produce um, in the hope that he can get some further minutes. And I think he's done all he can in the pre-season with that. So fair play to the guy. The thing that um, I've got to ask the question, did anybody else understand what happened with that shot clock? Um, That was just... One, how the hell did it take so long to decide that, first of all, it wasn't a goaltend because it was quite clear that they'd got to the ball uh, long before it touched the glass. Um, and then, I, I, even though they explained the rule, and I thought, we, fair play to the Cavaliers um, commentary team, for some, for some reason, that was all I'd got the option of listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did speak well about the magic. They they were knowledgeable. They were very fair. They were a good set of commentary. Um, so it wasn't David, wasn't Jeff, wasn't Dante. But hey, I can live with it. it was they did a decent job. They they knew about us, and at least they never called. Uh, we never got a Fritz Wagner again like we had in the first game this season. Yeah, no, I mean. But I just felt that the Cavs, even the Cavs commentary team felt we should have had possession from that. Even though they explained it. But I just thought that is something that frustrates the hell out of you when you're in in the arena or watching on the TV. The length of time it took to get to that decision. And that needs to be speeded up. But I also also was pleased to see the um, rule change implemented last night where... Mo slapped down and uh, it was a clear preventing of the um, fast break. It was good to see that that is actually going to get called. I know it was against us, but it's good to see that it was getting called. So I'm happy. I, I, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the game. Even though the last 12 minutes were two reserve units, there was still a good competitive game. I enjoyed it. But well, not just... as much as that Grizzlies game. No, definitely, yeah. especially the first quarter. Just so, so the incident we were talking about there is about a minute ago in the fourth quarter. Those who haven't watched the game and want to have a look back, um, I just didn't understand why they reset the shot clock. If they do the jump ball, if the Grizzlies, uh, the Grizzlies, the Cavaliers get possession, it should still be two point four on the clock. If we get the ball, then it's a shot clock reset, isn't it? So mm. anyway, because I messaged Paul, yeah. I was like, "What the hell is this? It's ridiculous!" <laughs> I just even I though just it's didn't understand it. <laughs> Can I, understand it. can I just add a couple more points to Paul's earlier points? 
yeah. First, first of all, bowl, bowl. There was one player in this game, and we keep hearing this from players after practice and when they get interviewed about some of the freakish things that Bol Walwalt did. He blocked a corner three in last night's game. And when the pass got, it, the ball nearly hit the, the shooter's hands and Bol Bol still had a foot in the paint and he still closed out and blocked his shot, which is incredible. Um, so that, that was just like one little one little thing I took away from that. The other thing, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, and I've not heard a lot of people talk about it. Cole Anthony, one of his biggest weaknesses, I think we could all agree with over the last couple of years is defensively. One thing I've noticed, especially the last couple of games, he's doing a much better job of keeping himself in front of of the ball handler. Mm. Players aren't just driving by him like we've seen before. He's actually getting, he's getting, uh, he's getting his body in front of them and they're not finding it as easy to, to get past Cole. I think he's actually making a difference defensively as well. Um, he's obviously not got the size and and the wingspan that the other guys have, but I just that was just a little thing I've I've noticed the last few games that I thought was worth mentioning. Definitely agree with that, mate. Agreed. Um, so last point before we get on to our East predictions. Um, now we've talked this to death um, over the summer, when, but obviously we've seen a few starting units um, experimented this um, preseason. Um, I'll come to you, Mikey, first. What's your starting five opening night, Detroit, based on what you've seen in the preseason? And obviously, we've got some injuries. So, obviously, you know, the GOAT isn't going to be playing. <laughs> Cole's fit, like, Melby, Melby yeah, yeah, Cole's... Jr. went ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, the front court is, is, is what it is. It's Franz... Franz Wagner, Paolo Banquero, and Wendell Carter. Uh, for me, I want to see the the starting five that we saw against Memphis with Cole Anthony and Terence Ross starting. I think that worked really well. I actually thought last night's uh, starting five with Bamba out there worked as well. I mean, we saw last year Wendell and Bamba do have a little bit of chemistry and a bit of an understanding, especially defensively, but for a team that needs three-point shooting, I don't think you can't put Terence Ross out there. So for me, I think he has to start uh, against the Pistons. And, and look, it might change night tonight until guys come back and we're healthy. But that's what I would go with. Paul, the same? Ditto. Yep. Yeah. I think when, when the, reason I'm, the reason I'm going with that one over anything else that we've seen so far is the Grizzlies game. The, that was that, that second time we met them. Um, that was two teams that put out their strongest lineups, that played their strongest lineups throughout the game. It was the one time, it was the one preseason game where you haven't had that massive rotation of squads. They, the, you, you saw start uh, starters get proper minutes uh, in both teams, and so I, that's yeah. that's the reason I would go with that because in that one game they produced. Everybody Gary? was double figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say any different. Um, I think Paul's made a good point about what's happened in the Memphis game, and then I think when you look at it as well, it's clear that they wanted to have, even though with the Gary Harris injury, they wanted to have a veteran starting. So I think T. Yeah. Rock is going to get it from there, and then I think the other four guys have earned the minutes. Yeah, in the preseason, I think all four have performed, so they deserve to start. 
I'm going to be a little bit different. I liked the lineup last night. And if you look at the opponents, Detroit are very guard heavy. You've got Marvin Bagley who's out three to four weeks. So you put all that size and length on the court. You know how difficult it was for Morant, etc. So you're going to have Kate Cunningham, Ivy, etc. I think they'd struggle playing that lineup with Franz at the two. Um, so for me, I'd try that against Detroit. Obviously, it may work, it may not. But I totally get what you're all saying about Terrence Ross. Um, so just a different spin to it, guys. Um, right. Predictions. Uh, so we thought it might be a bit of fun predicting how the Eastern Conference might play out this season. So what I've asked the guys to do is a little bit of homework since last episode. So we can basically rank our 15. So we're going to start from bottom to top. We're going to go round the table. Um, we'll start with the elder statesman. Uh, we'll go in order of how we're going to Orlando. So Paul can go first, then Gary, then and Mikey and me. Um, so just quick reason why you think they're going to be whatever position they are. Uh, and obviously it'd be very interesting to see where we place the magic. So uh, take it away, Paul. Uh, 15th. You, yeah, you do 15th the and then Gary will do 15th. Yeah. Yeah, that's bottom it. of the East, Detroit. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Detroit simply because I, I think they, they're bursting with, with talent and, yes, they could surprise a few teams. They've got good veteran presence on the bench. No argument. But they are still a team, same as ourselves, in a rebuild process and they have to get some wins um, for that to progress. When you look how stacked some of the East is, I don't know as they are good enough to produce that. So that's the reason I've gone with them as 15. It's close. Oh. It's close. Yeah. Gary? This goes against everything, I, I think, regarding the coach, but I think Charlotte... They'll be in 15th. Um, I think Cliff's great, but I think when you look at what they have lost in Bridges and Harrell, I think they're huge gaps and I don't think they look as, looking at, like from Charlotte fans and what I've been reading and stuff, I don't think they're overly enamoured with how they've drafted this year. Um, so I think really it's a case of if Charlotte do pretty well, it's going to be down to Clifford and it's going to be down to what LaMelo Ball can do with LaMelo Ball. If they get anywhere near the playoffs, it means that LaMelo Ball, A, has had a hell of a season and B, Gordon Haywood's got to have avoided the injury bug. Um, so, for me, I think Charlotte's going to be down the bottom end. Well, we're all going different because I'm going the Indiana Pacers. Well, they that's are, my bottom three covered. <laughs> they, are, they are the worst team in the East. And I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think that they've only got two players on this roster: Tyrese Halliburton and Chris Duarte. Other than that, we haven't we haven't talked about Victor Wembanyama, and we haven't talked about Scoot Henderson, and nor should we for the rest of the season because we are not tanking. But the Indiana Pacers should have a fire sale, starting with Miles Turner, Buddy Hield, and TJ McConnell, and tank. Um, before we get into the rest of it, like I've 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 absorbed so much NBA podcast content this week at work. 
you guys know I've, I've changed jobs so I, I can listen to whatever I like all day every day and I've been listening to loads of different national podcasts as well as like some of the magic podcasts as well and uh so I feel like I'm I feel like I've learned a lot more about some of the other teams not just ourselves this week as well um I agree with the other two guys as well about why why those teams are going to be near the bottom but for me the other teams have got pieces that <laughs> that could put them a little bit higher but yeah for me the Pacers are going to be last in the East this season I agree with Mikey um, I've got the Indiana Pacers in last place I mean they only won 25 games last year um, and I don't think they've got much better at all as he, Mikey's just mentioned it Halliburton he's, he's, he's the main guy there isn't he Healed McConnell Turner. Um, they've got this, this rookie Mathurin. 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 They haven't got enough bigs. I, I just can't see them contending w- with many of the other teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, so for that reason, I've got the Indiana Pacers in 15. But interestingly, um, Paul and Gary mentioned the, the Hornets and the Pistons. You know, but that's, that's my bottom three as well. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're all thinking along the same lines then. So you take it away with 14, Paul. I've gone with the Pacers. I've gone with the Pacers at 14. If they do make any trades between now and we see Heald and Turner go, then they would be my bottom. They would be my bottom team. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What's up? I, don't you... I, I don't know why I found that so funny. Carry on, carry on, carry on. I'm being childish. Clearly. <laughs> but nothing wrong with that, mate. You and I would never laugh if we didn't have childishness amongst ourselves. <laughs> um, I, I, they're a team in rebuild, but they do still have some talented options. Um, if... If you've got a starting five that is Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Miles Turner with Matherian and what Jalen Smith, I think is kind of the expected five, and TJ McConnell to come off the bench, you're still going to be competitive in some games. And um, uh, you've got a bit of experience there that may gain a couple of wins, whereas. No, it's six or one half dozen either as to whether I went Detroit or Indiana at the bottom. I'll be honest. I can't make an argument why I'm putting them 14th over 15th. Because <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not impressed by either team yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to Paul here. I've got Indiana in at 14. And it's I looked at the rosters as... as they are right now. Mm. So if there was a, I think they are in tank mode. I think Brogdon and Warren are actually big losses for that team. Yeah. We see something like Buddy Heald's gone, Turner's gone. It's pretty obvious where that's going to go. But I would say if you just put the rosters up together right now, I think they're slightly better than Charlotte. But if a trade happens where it's assets coming back, like some of the rumours and whispers have been, then I would have Indiana down at the bottom because I think there is going to be quite a bit of tanking to get a top two pick um, this season. So as it stands right now, I've got Charlotte as 
worst because I think Harrell and Bridges are like massive losses to them. But if Indiana do what I suspect they will, that could flip. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see tanking. Oh, or not? I think I've I've heard from lots of people tanking is going to be historic this season. So we we're going to see teams throw the, <laughs> throw throw the tank in early this year. Um, I've got Charlotte fourteenth. I think there's I think there's a a tier. I think Charlotte and Indiana are in that bottom tier for me. Um, I think it's a mess with the Hornets. They've got they've got one player there. They've got Lamelo Ball. Their second best player is a thirty two year old Gordon Hayward. They've got the mess of a situation with Miles Turner, who is probably going to prison, and rightly so, if that's the Miles case. Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges, sorry. What did I say? Turner. Miles Turner. So, unless no, you break, unless we, we've got a, a, a clock bomb. No, no, no wage bomb. No wage bomb. Um, yeah. So, so they're, they're rosters, and, and they're also in a position where it's, it looks like it's very difficult where they're going to go from here in terms of improving the roster. Um, they they've had a really bad preseason. They've lost all five all five preseason games. They've rehired Steve Clifford, who they fired what five years ago. And Steve Clifford, as we know, because he's from from the last few years, he likes playing a a slower tempo game, and that doesn't really suit Lamelo Ball. Um, so. I, I can see them like Indiana, not necessarily having a fire sale, but I just think it's that much of a mess in Charlotte this season that I think the two of them are going to tank as early as anybody else in, in the East for me. So, uh, yeah, Charlotte 14. You're making my life a lot easier, Mikey, because I've got Charlotte in 14 also. <laughs> <laughs> and for the exact same reasons. Um, also remember, Lamelo Ball's knock in pre-season. He's potentially doubtful this week. <clears throat> So obviously, you know, there's a large shoulder, a large load to carry on his little shoulders. Um, they got a couple of nice players, Book Knight. You, you'll get a chance. PJ Washington, uh, Mark Williams, I believe, is a rookie from Duke. So he should get ample playing time. Um, but it was a bit, a bit of an odd one getting rid of Borrego and bringing Clifford back for me. Um, mm. I didn't think Borrego was doing that much wrong. I didn't particularly like him when he was in Orlando. If I'm being honest with you. But to, to rehire a coach you fired a couple of seasons ago, who's very set in his ways, um, and he likes playing bets, like you just said. I, I don't know what's going on there. So, yeah, yeah, I got the Hornets uh, in 14 also. Paul? I went Hornets to 13. But again, as I said, they could easily have been 15. Um, I literally looked at the roster. Um I know Labello Ball is questionable for the start of the season, but and, and any absence of his is going to hurt that team, without a doubt. But Labello Ball, nobody's mentioned him yet, but Terry Rozier is a solid player for them. Mm-hmm. Gordon Haywood, PJ Washington, and Mason Plumley as a starting five isn't a bad team. Uh, you've got Kelly Oubre Jr. to bring off the bench, along with the other guys that you've already mentioned. I agree entirely about the clash of styles that play with Steve Clifford and what you kind of expect with the mellow ball. Um, it doesn't make a deal of sense. But I don't know. Again, 
they could be 15th, they could be 13th. It's it's that easy to make an argument in either way. But yeah, I've got them at 13th at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, I've got four teams now who I feel will be scrapping to try and get the 10th spot. And I'm looking at historically, um, and this might shock people, I'm looking at injury history here. It's not us, by the way. Um, so <laughs> I've gone for Washington in at 13. And what's telling me this is, if everything goes right, Washington are a decent side. But for everything to go right, Chris Stapps Pazingas has got to play a significant amount of games. And I like Pazingas. I think he's a really, really talented player. But if you can get you look, you're saying there that you want Pazingas to get over 65 games. Mm. And I just don't know whether that's going to happen around the rest of that team with how their cap room's tied up. So I do expect it to be a scrap. And I do think there's four teams that are of a similar ilk, but I think the Pazingas injury and then what's potential or injury history and then what's potentially waiting in the draft might see Washington down at 13. Yeah, I I agree, mate. I've got Washington 13 as well. Um, I I didn't really think of it at the injuries point of view. I, I look at Washington and I think they're a bit like the Blazers. They both have a franchise player, Bradley Bill, Damian Lillard, who have signed contract extensions. And you're looking at that roster and you're thinking, where is this team actually going long term? Um, they've Kyle Kuzma's a good player. G doesn't like him, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Danny Avdia has been disappointing since they drafted him 14. Will Barton's all right. Um, but to me, they are li- they are just putting off, blowing it up for me. Bradley, uh, and I think you're right, Gar. I think if Tingas Pingas, Chris Stapps Paul Zingas gets injured, I think we could see Washington trade Bradley Bill into the season. And uh, I think there will be another team there that will be... I, I think they'll start the season looking to get looking to get in the wing column, but I think if that is a factor, you could see them uh, start tanking as well for me. So, yeah. Cool. I have, different from Mikey this time, I've got the Detroit Pistons in 13. Um, Paul's already touched upon this. Um, and as I mentioned a bit earlier in the show, I think they're very guard heavy. Um, they've got a couple of nice bigs in uh, Isaiah Stewart and Nerlens Noel. Um, but they made a, an acquisition in the offseason. They traded for Bogdanovich. They traded Kelly Olinick, who, whilst I'm not his biggest fan, he did a lot for them, stretched the floor, gave him some decent minutes at the four, filled in at the five, etc. But they just tried, um, drafted um, Jaden Ivey, who's, who's a bit smaller than Cade. So was Cade going to be their point guard? Is now Ivey going to be the point guard and Cade be the, be the two? So they'd be obviously, you know, you've got that to, to work out. Um, Bogdanovich will get his points. Sadiq Bey, we've seen him go for 50. Decent young outfit, but I don't think that they've got the the size and the, the presence in the front court to compete for 82 games. So I think they'll start well, they'll get some Ws, but essentially I think they'll fade off because I think the other team's a bit stronger. So the Pistons in 13 for me. So 12, Paul. 
the much talked about Washington Wizards. I've gone for them there. <laughs> um, again, they are. It's entirely easy to argue for a much lower finish for them. Um, in doing this and writing the article that's kind of going to run alongside this, that's gone up on the website, um, I didn't realise that Beal and Pazingas didn't play a minute together last season. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise that. Um, for them to be um, successful, those two have to stay fit. They have to play and they have to deliver some results. Um, they're, they're poor defensively. Um, they've probably got another long, hard season in front. The one thing that I think could help them along is having picked up uh, Monte Morris, who should relieve some of the ball handling responsibilities that Beal normally has to shoulder. He could just free Bradley Beal up a little bit more. So I've got them as 12. Um, I've gone for Detroit in a 12. And it's just hopping on what's already been said. I think Bogdanovich could actually be a really good pickup for them. Um, They've got players like Bagley and Hayes who've got a lot to prove. I thought they drafted really, really well. I thought uh, Duran's a really good pickup for the future. Um, and I think Ivy's going to be one of those players who's going to finish really high in the Rookie of the Year standings. And a backcourt of Ivy and Cade just looks as though it could be really good to me. So I think Detroit are going to make a marked jump this season. And I think they're one of those teams who we're going to be looking at in a few years' time who we might have to go through. Mm-hmm. to make progress in the playoffs. So right now, I think Detroit is a team that could get into the play-in as well. Um, I'm pretty impressed with the business they're doing, but I've got them in at 12. Well, it's not a lot to add for me because I've got Detroit at 12 as well. Um, <laughs> I have. Um, I'm, I'm, an, I'm as high on Detroit as I am this Magic roster for me. Um, I, feel, I feel like who I've got at 11 and 10... The three of those could finish in in any of those positions. I think it's going to be pretty close between these three. But I heard Kay Cunningham on, I think it was Zach Lowe's podcast this week I was listening to. And he he's saying they want to make the playoffs, Detroit. So they, they've got high ambitions. They want to win. Uh, I love Kay Cunningham. The guy's a stud. Uh, Ivy's going to be a really interesting fit next to him. It's going to be a good dynamic between them. Sadiq Bey. Is another player who went off against us last year. Um, they've got, like I said, two bigs in Duran and Stewart. Uh, and, and Gary's already mentioned Boyan Bogdanovich. Could be interesting. Like if it doesn't go well for Detroit early in the season, he's a player that they could move if they decide later in the year they they, they want to throw the towel in early. But I don't think they're. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and Cade Cade only played sixty four games last year, so. If he has a full healthy year, that's that could be a few more wins on the board for for Detroit as well for me. So yeah, I've got them twelve. Cool. So I've got the Washington Wizards. Oh. <laughs> You've already talked about the Wizards. Um, obviously, potential injury issues. Other than Pussing, get some Beal, a couple of other players. They're not all that. Uh, they won thirty five games last year. Can I see him making a marked improvement? Probably not. Um, unless you get 82 games out of Christoph Sporzingis. 
which we can't see. So I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, got the Wizards in at 12. So 11, Paul. Balls. The Orlando Magic. Um, I think that we are asking a lot to get the win numbers that we need to jump for making a playoff position. Um, I think they're capable. I do think they're capable. But we have to stay fit and we have to see players come back. Um, are we confident that that's going to happen? Yes. Truthfully, are you confident that's going to happen? Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I really am. Well, that, that we're going to get, that we're going to have, we're not going to have further these injury problems that we've been having. I'm not convinced. Pos- positive mental attitude, Paul. You've asked for, you asked for realism on this one. Let's put it like this. If you want to be, to be, I, I, I genuinely think that you looked at the, at the preseason, every team that they played were teams that are seen as being a better quality team than ourselves at this point. And we've beaten four, all four that's been put in front of us. Um, let's exclude the first Memphis game. But we've beaten all four that's been put in front of us. We haven't seen we haven't seen our strongest lineup. Um, through injury. Um, I'm concerned that we... How do I put it? Um, that we've still got to find that identity, that cohesive unit that can carry us through. I think we've got a, a huge amount of depth. I think we've got a huge amount of potential. You, I can I can make an argument easily for us being much higher up and pushing for a top six finish. But when you look at how stacked the top six teams in the East are, I don't see us being that strong. Who I've got at seven and eight, do I think we're going to be able to push them out? Probably not. But I could, I, so yeah, I could see us making the, I could see us challenging for ten, and make and being in, the, in and around the playing. But I don't see us being much higher than that. But I've got us as eleventh. Well, it's a marked improvement from when I listened to the Miami Heat UK's East preview when they had us at fifteen. <laughs> would you believe? So um, tell, a, tell us, tell us, tell us, watch the Orlando <laughs> Magic without watching the Orlando <laughs> Magic. Yeah, could, I know. You could actually make an argument for us finishing low. You could still make an argument for us finishing low. 15? 15? No, I don't. I don't, yeah. Mate, I'd have put us down there if I thought that. But I think yeah, you exactly. can make an argument. I think you can make an argument for us finishing low. Here's the, only re- here's the only reason that I think a lot of, pe- not a lot of people, because the only reason I see people picking us to finish 14th or 15th this year is the, is the fact that for the last... 10 years since we twi- traded Dwight Howard, this team's been irrelevant apart from two pre- two playoff appearances. That's it. That's the only reason. This this team is much better than people give us credit for. 
but we'll get into that. We'll get that. We'll get into that in a minute because I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, eleven, mate. The my no, don't go say the heat. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Paul here. I think we'll finish eleven, um, and it's because of what the East looks like, how stacked it is, and the leap that we would have to take with full health and I'm not going to like be looking for example at Washington and saying I'm putting you in 13th because I don't think Pazingas will stay healthy and then boost us up and say oh well with our injury history that everything's going to come together I think that we've got a lot of potential Um, I think we're going to be marked difference I think there's a very good chance as well I was 50-50 on putting us in the 10th but I think for everything to happen where we would become a playing team or even get in the playoffs, we need Jonathan Isaac to come back and be somewhere near vintage. We need a rookie of the year season from Bancaro, which is possible. We need Markel Fultz to stay healthy. Um, we need to see more from Jalen Suggs. We need to see efficiency from Cole. There's just a lot of things that we need to see from a very young team. So I don't think it'll be a disappointing Orlando Magic season. I actually think it'll be a very good and watchable Magic season. I just think it might be a year too early. I think if we're sitting here this time next year, there's a very strong case that you would say, actually, the Magic are locked in as a playoff team. But right now, I think it's just, there's a lot of steps happening for us to get there. So given our injury record and what's happened I'm going to go conservative for the only time in my life because I won't be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't be doing it I won't be doing it in the election that will be coming, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go for the magic in 11. If you were going conservative, you'd have a U-turn and put us at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what could, I, what could I say about that? Paul, I'm not going to go there. I've got lots of things I can say, but it's a family podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> well, Mikey. in 11th, yeah. I've got the New York Knicks. Is that what you've got, G? I Is have that... the New York Knicks in 11 as well. Yeah. I, I actually think, and again, the Knicks, the Magic, and the and the Pistons, I think, are all going to be within a couple of games of that that final playing spot. I, I do think it's going to be close, and it could come down to to injuries or even head to head games. Yeah. That might even come into it. I, I do think it's going to be really close at the end of the season. But I think we've got enough to finish 10th. I really do. Uh, for the, But I'm going to focus on the Knicks for a minute. They, they've got lots of good young pieces. RJ Barrett, Quinton Grimes, Obi Toppin. Um, they overpaid for Jalen Brunson, but he is a very good player. Uh, they added Isaiah Hartenstein, who we thought we were going to get with those rumours in free agency. And then he ended up in New York. Um Again, I've been listening to a few more national podcasts this week talking about all these different teams. And New York fans, I think it's I think it's fair to say, want to see Thibodeau play the young players more and give them a little bit more responsibility and give them a few more minutes. Um, I think Julius Randle is sort of blocking the path for one of these two players, especially Obi Toppin. Um Derek Rose is great, but and, and Thibodeau, like Steve Clifford, is is a veteran coach. He he's got a, a certain way of playing. Um, they don't always trust the young kids, um, but I think this might be the year where 
they might turn turn the reins over a little bit to some of the younger players. And I do think RJ Barrett's in the sh- in a shout for uh, becoming an all star this year for me. Um, but the Knicks finished well. The, the Hornets finished tenth last year with forty three wins. Now I think the Hornets are going to drop. The Wizards are going to drop. The Pacers and the Pistons are going to be in and around there as well. I don't think getting the 10th seed is going to require a team to get 43 wins this year. I think that's going to be a lower number, which is why I think we're going to be closer to that. Um, but and, and the Knicks finished 11th last year with veterans playing and, and what happened there. So Brunson might give them a little bit more, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to go with the Knicks at 11. Cool, thanks for that. Um, 11 for the New York Knicks as well for me. You forgot to mention a really good player. They've got Evan Fournier. No. He's still there. Mate, they want him to come off the bench. Again, he's like like, uh, Julius Randle. Nick fans don't like Evan Fournier, or they're they're not massive fans of him from from what I've been Nobody seems to, do they? Let's be honest. No. Uh, Poor Evan. Um, um, So, yeah, I I can't really add much to what you've just said, mate. Like, They've overpaid for Jalen Brunson. You know, his numbers are, are very much like Cole Anthony's, and and he's you know he's got the bag there. And I think it was uh, Bill Simmons who mentioned on his podcast because that's the one you uh, told us to, to listen to. And um, you know, Nick fans are going to expect him to just you know go out and score 30, 40 points just like that. Brunson's not one of these players, is he? So um, there might be a bit of um, now, if they had got you know, Donovan Mitchell, it might have, it might look a little bit different. But I don't think Jalen Brunson's going to have the sort of impact that Mitchell would have had. No, and he locked up a lot of money now in Barrett, in Brunson, in Randall, in Fournier. I think they're in that middle ground that nobody wants to be in, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I got the Knicks in eleven. So, in tenth, Paul. The Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I went for them on in 10th um, because I do think that the, the the upgrades that they've made in their squad in the summer with picking up Brunson and Harnstein are upgrades that can see them finish one above where they were last season. Um, yes, they've paid Brunson, but you've got to remember Brunson did a good job in covering when when uh, Luca was out, and uh, mm-hmm. his his figures are, are lower because he didn't get those <laughs> minutes because he was playing under Luca. Luca's going to get them minutes, obviously. You know, if you've got the choice of Brunson or Dante, you you're playing. It's a it's a no brainer. But I do think that uh, Brunson could be a huge upgrade for their backcourt. Um, it allows Rose to come off the bench, who can have an impact. He, he did okay last season. Starting unit of Brunson, Fournier, RJ Barrett, Randall, and uh, what Mitchell Robinson. That's a reasonable unit. They're, they're not going to roll over for people. And then, like Mike has already mentioned, you've got Quentin Grimes, Isaiah Hartenstein, Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose, and Obi Toppin. Yeah. Coming off the bench, uh, that's that's not a bad team. That's not a bad set of ten players. Um, they've got, to, in, and I think in previous seasons, you looked at that unit 
I mean, they'd have probably been considered to be a greater threat in the East than they will be this year because of how much the, in, the East has improved. But there are serious questions about the consistency and efficiency of their shooting. And as we've mentioned it with several other teams, there's equally the question about health. They've got to stay healthy because too many of their big players missed too many minutes last season and that hurt them. So Carry. Short, short and sweet. I've got the Knicks in a 10 as well. Um, I think Barrett, like Mikey touched on it, I think he's going to take a leap. I think he is a good player. I think he's one of those guys who could get an all-star berth at some point. He could be in a shout most improved category. Um, I'm not convinced by how the roster's made up. I think they're a bit like we were before we blew it up, where there's money tied up in guys. Mm -hmm including Evan Fournier, where they don't really match what they're at. There's a lot riding on Jalen Brunson. And if things go badly in New York, we know that the crowd can make that a difficult place to play. And if they got off to the wrong start, I wouldn't be surprised if the crowd start pressurising for them to do a tank and blow it up, which could work in our favour. But by the same token, as Paul said, on paper, that's a good 10-man rotation, um, which might be enough, like we had before, to just push us into a playoff play-in type environment. Yeah. yeah. Well, 10. Uh, if, uh, let's, get, let's let Garrett go first on, the, on number 10. Okay, in, in 10, I have the Chicago Bulls. Oh. That's not where I was going, but go on then. It's not, is it? Well, I don't know. They finished 46 and 36. They're a year older. Um, Lonzo Ball's probably... Lonzo Ball can't even walk up the stairs, love him. Um, so he's not going to be back anytime soon. They've got a bit of depth there in Caruso, Dasumu and, and Dragic. Um, but I was just looking at the other teams and I was speaking to um, Chicago Bulls UK and he's quite confident, but I can't see it for some reason. I, d I don't know. It's just something about them. I, do I don't think they've got the front court to... to I know DeRozan's good. Levine's good. Vucevic is on a bit of a, you know, a downward um, sort of spiral. So, for, for that reason, I got him in 10, just because I wanted us to be one higher. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've got the magic finishing 10th this season. And it's actually interesting because after Paul signed off last week, me and G, G said to me that he was going to do this this week. And we sat here, didn't we? And we went through what record we thought the magic might be. Anyway, I've complete, I wouldn't say completely changed my mind this year. I could see it. Like I said, I could see us finishing 11th or 12th as well. But I've listened to far too many podcasts that have had me even more hype than, than I already am. And that's not included having a four and one preseason. Um, I, I've, I've listened to really good podcasts this week, but they, of course they are if they're, t if they're bigging us up, but I'm hearing Franz Wagner could be an all-star this year, a legit all-star. Wendell could be an all-star in the next couple of years. And this is coming from people like Sam Vecini, Bill Simmons, who let's be honest, has never really been a magic lover. Um, Zach Lowe, 
there's there's so many national podcasts that the magic are grabbing people's attention now. I, I actually think people are starting to understand that this is a really, really good young team. And we've seen in preseason, we've seen those glimpses like the first quarter against Memphis that, that look, there's going to be nights where it all comes together and the offense is clicking. And then there's going to be nights where we turn the ball over, we can't make shots. But even when we've got into big holes, we find our way of digging ourselves back out. And, and I just think a lot of teams are going to find it really difficult to play against us this year. And, and and I get Paul's point about injuries as well, and I completely agree. But we're talking about players that aren't even our best players. Like to me, that the core right now is Wendell, Franz, and Paolo. If they stay healthy, if they stay healthy, I, I think this team will go as far as Franz Wagner takes us this year. Um, we've seen in the preseason he's been given more and more responsibility, initiating the offense, and and. And making things happen that side of it, um, I think defensively. I mean, what was it? We were a top ten defense in in the what in the last third, uh, yeah, from from yeah. All Star break to the end of the season. Once we get faults back, which hopefully will be pretty quick, um, it's a broken toe, so I'm not worried about that. But we saw the impact he had when he came back. Um, f- forget about the vets and all the other stuff. Like, like I said, there's going to be nights it clicks and there's going to be nights it doesn't. But I just think we've got so much. I, 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 I just think we've got so much. We're going to be right in the shout with that 10th seed. So for a change, because I always get called the, <laughs> the pessimist out of the group. But I actually really think this year we're going to surprise a lot of people and finish 10th. I, I, I've wrote that in this article that we will flirt with 10th. I yeah. do. I do agree with you entirely. I, I do think that we will flirt with them, but I've li- I've just gone on at this moment. I just think the Knicks could edge us at this moment. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong on the that you know we're we're nowhere near eleventh, and that we're up there Nine. fighting with the Milwaukee's and the the Miami's that we're going to come to in a bit. That'd be brilliant. And and Gary mentioned Ji. Like I've I I love Ji. But I actually don't think it matters with him coming back. I, I think without J.I., I think this team's still good enough to make 10 seed. I think if J.I. comes back, it could actually cause an issue <laughs> with the rotation a little bit because you've got to think, well, the guy's a defensive player of the year candidate when he's healthy. He's going to have an impact when he gets back, but is that going to... How's that going to change the dynamics of that front court? I'm not sure. And, and Bol Bol is that has had an impact in preseason. I, I just think defensively, if 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 we can if we can build off that defensive side of the ball, there's going to be nice the offense clicks. I, I I I'm 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 telling you, we're getting the set the temp seed this season. So go on, then, Paul. Number nine. Oh, number nine. Okay, mate. I'm going with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, there's a lot being said about them so far, but the the loss of Lonzo Ball is going to cause them a lot of disruption um, at the starting point guard position. I do think Caruso is an able replacement. Uh, they made a lot of moves last year. The pieces fit, but with Ball getting injured last season, the bottom just dropped out of their season and they slipped from being right up there to really only just scraping their way in uh, they, they were getting close to 
falling out of it completely. What was it, 46 and 36 to mm-hmm. finish sixth? Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think they've got some good players. I think that they can uh, still compete, but I've got them hitting the playing tournament this year. Absolutely the same as me. I think the ball injury is huge. I think there's pressure on vets like Vooch and DeRozan where it's kind of like well, we've got a very young, in many places, Eastern Conference of people in the ascendancy. And I like both of those players. Are they still on the same trajectory as those guys? Um, I think the Drummond pickup is pretty decent, actually, as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to have added a three-pointer to his uh, repertoire as well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think players like Williams and White could surprise people, but I just think that that injury to ball could be absolutely pivotal for them. And you know what? If they miss the uh, play-in altogether and they end up in the lottery and they finish outside the top four slightly, that's great as well. No offence. <clears throat> well, number nine, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Okay. So, I'm not sure I love the the Murray trade. They gave up a lot to get him, and I, I, I'm going with the sure thing over Atlanta because I I'm not sure how that's going to work next to to Trey. Um, somehow John Collins is still in Atlanta. <laughs> it feels like he's been on the trade block for like three years or, or the rumours of them for three years. Um, and I'm not sure there's a necessarily a clear direction where they're going to go. Um, I mean, they lost Danilo Gallinari, who's been there for a couple of seasons. Once you get past Trey Young and, and Murray, I don't really see a lot else. DeAndre Hunter's all right. Bogdan Bogdanovich is all right. But uh, and Clint Capella's a good a good uh, defender, but I don't think they're I don't think they've got enough compared to the other teams. Of I, I think there's eight better teams than the Hawks for me, which is why I've got them ninth. Oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So I've got the my no the Orlando Magic in ninth. Unfortunately, um, I've mentioned everything really, but just to add a little bit to that, like you said, I think there'll be a lot of teams tanking this year. So there'll be a lot more W's to be taken from those teams. You look at Indiana, Charlotte. Um, there's a few teams out west, San Antonio, Utah. Um, who else is there? can't remember. Um, but the, the way w- we've set out, I feel like we've got that identity from what we've seen in, in the preseason. You know, uh, length is obviously a massive thing. Um J.I. to come back, as Gary's mentioned, you know, ball, ball. He's far exceeded what I, I expected of him. Uh, so much so I've traded for him in like a fantasy league that I'm in. Because um, <laughs> I think he's going to be really good. So, uh, sky's the limit, really. I, I just really feel like we've turned the corner and people are really sleeping on us. Looking at Miami Heat UK. Um so why not us? Why not now? <laughs> eighth, Paul. Eighth. Um, I've got the Hawks. I've gone for Atlanta. Um, I do think Mike is downplaying that starting five. Uh, Trey Young, Murray, Hunter, Collins and Capella. 
uh, with Bogdanovich coming off the bench. I think that's a solid six. Um, I don't know as they can battle above the teams that, that are to come. Uh, that's why I've got them coming in the eighth spot. But I think they've got some potential. I've probably got a little bit of a shocker here. I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And hear it. I just don't think that the Raptors, um, how can I put this, are as good as the other teams that I'm going to put above them. Um, I, the thing that would have swung it for came down to personnel versus coach, and I went with personnel. I think Nick Nurse is a really, really, really good coach, even though I find him like mega annoying. But I look at it, and it's between Toronto and Cleveland for who I would put in the eighth spot. Um, and I'm going with Toronto because I think that they've just the personnel is not quite as good as what the Cavs have got. I like what they've got. I like their pieces. Um, I think Scotty Barnes is pretty good. I think Siakam's pretty good. I think Van Vliet's pretty good. But I just don't think those pieces are as good as the other teams who are above them. But the coach is very good. This is going to get spicy soon. This yeah, is going to get spicy. spicy. <laughs> Sorry well, about in eighth place, I have got the Chicago Bulls. I think we're the opposite way around, Paul. Yeah. What you had? Yeah. Um, hopefully, they'll finish lower and miss the playoffs and we'll get that first round pick. Or, or, well, I am just thinking that, that might pick. be why I went lower. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why I went with them uh, not making the playoffs. Exactly. Perhaps there's a bit of wishful thinking in there. I, th- I think Lonzo's definitely going to have an impact not, not playing, to, but again it's a question mark whether he comes back and and can have a big impact DeMar DeRozan was great last season Um, for as much hate or as much criticism as Vooch got playing for the Bulls last year and there was all this people saying there was things weren't working properly they still finished sick with 46 wins last year Mm. um now, Levine coming off surgery and getting his contract extension, is he going to have that same impact? But I think Gary mentioned earlier, they've added Drummond, good good centre, good backup centre. Dragic is there with his veteran leadership as well. I, I'm just going to, I just think they've got a little bit more than, than the Hawks for me, which is why I haven't made. But I, again, I think it's the same as we talked about the Magic and the Pistons and, and the Knicks. I think it's very close between Chicago and Atlanta. So, yeah, the ball's are in, in eighth for me. Yeah, like I said, it's a flip of a coin, isn't it? Um, eighth for me, Atlanta. You guys have touched upon it already. Uh, the only play didn't fail to mention was just a Congo. Uh, I like mm-hmm. him a lot. Um, and, you know, the addition of DeJounte Murray, uh, it's a good addition, but obviously he, he's a ball handler. Um, so obviously everything went through Trey Young before so he's going to have less of the ball they're going to have to share the ball a little bit more that's going to take you know 15-20 games to to sort itself out um, might give Trey a few more you know open looks he's the best shooter on that team so um, 43 and 39 last year I think they'll be there or thereabouts again this year on a good night shooting they could be anybody 
but we've seen them defensively struggle as well. So, um, yeah, Atlanta in eighth. So, seventh, Paul. Toronto. We've gone Toronto in seventh. Uh, Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, OG and Pascal Siakam. I think that's a solid team. They're well coached, as Gary's already said. Uh, that starting five is capable of mixing it with anybody. Uh, the bench is depth. We know that Ken Birch can come on and do his thing. Precious Chower. They've, they've got a, a solid squad for me. Um, ranked defensively in the top 10. Uh, four out of the last five seasons. The only season that they didn't was the season when they were the Tampa Bay Raptors. Um, you're shaking your head, Angie. <laughs> if they could Don't shoot... mention Tampa Bay with that. <laughs> Mate, if they... And for me, if Toronto can take that step forward where... I know that they, they finished fifth last year. So, me saying that they've take, taken a step forward, I'm referring to their shooting. They didn't shoot with efficiency last year. They scored a bucket load of points, but they didn't shoot with efficiency. They took a lot of shots to get there. But if they can have an improved efficiency, um, I think they're, they may finish lower down than they did last year, but they will be a uh, solid seed. I think the finishing lower is more the case of other teams having improved. So yeah, I've got them, in, I've got them there. I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers in the next spot. Um, I do like what they're doing. I think it's a young team that's only going to get stronger. I'm interested to see how Mitchell fits in with Garland. I think as the season goes, they will get stronger and stronger. Um, I'm really a big fan of Evan Mobley. Um, but I just think the East is that strong that you could have picked basically any team going up from here and they could say they're a breakout team. Yep. You could convince me that Toronto were going to be a top three seed. You could convince me Cleveland, Atlanta, etc. But I think there will be a little bit of a, a betting in process. Um, so I'm going to go Cleveland there, but I fully expect both of those teams to be heavily favoured if all healthy come to play in tournament. And I wouldn't want to face them in the first round. I'm going to put an asterisk next to this next team. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to put the Brooklyn Nets in seventh. Mm, I can see that. It's a mess. It's so unpredictable. What is going to happen with this team? Uh, again, if it if they if they keep this team together and it all clicks, they are a championship caliber team. They've got that they've got enough there that they can compete to finish in the top to one of the top seeds in the East and, and even get to the finals. They've got that much, but there is just so much uncertainty with Kyrie and KD and Ben Simmons coming back and what's going to happen there that I'd actually lean towards it all falling apart than actually clicking. So I've got them seventh because I just, just because of that uncertainty for me. Uh, okay, yeah, so for me, the seventh place is the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I've never been that high on them. Uh, you guys have already picked upon their roster, obviously very well coached. Um, I think they've got limitations, solid bigs in Siakam and uh, Barnes, obviously 
couple of good players in Van Fleet and Ojiana Nobi, Gary Trent Jr., Otto Porter off the bench, Ken Birch setting screens. But you, you can't put them ahead of, for me, the the other six. Unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, I don't really care to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, the Raptors in seven. Okay, six. Um, six. I've, I think five through eight. You can throw a blanket over them, and it's going to be coming down as close as. I agree. As as again earlier on, we were saying it could come down to head to heads, but in sixth, I've gone Cleveland. Uh, arguably, they've made the biggest move of the summer in picking up Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they are clearly throwing all in on getting to the postseason. Garland, Mitchell, Acora, Mobley, Jarrett Allen. It's a damn good starting five. Uh, we saw that the depth that they've got last night when when we were watching them. Karis Levere is still a good player. Um, I think that they will win a lot of games. They have to get it sorted between uh, Garland and Mitchell as to the roles. Um, I do think that they're going to have to. They've always they've been a good defensive team at points. Um, have Cleveland finished seventh defensively last year? We all know that Donovan Mitchell is a bit of a liability at times defensively. He can uh, go missing, so there's there's going to be extra work for uh, Mo, probably particularly Mobley and Jarrett Allen to pick up for his absence, which could hurt them. And that's why I'm not I'm not putting them above other teams at this point. I've got six. Mine's a, an interesting one because I've had this team where I thought I could see them getting home court just as easily. But I'm going to go Atlanta next. Mm. Um, I like what they've done. I think Murray's actually a really good fit alongside Trey Young. I do. Do think Trey Young is that good? Where I could see Atlanta with a home court in the playoffs. I think they've got something to prove. However, I do think there's going to be a bedding in process. I do think they gave up quite a lot to get him. So there's going to be a figuring out of minutes and rotations. I liked what they did in the draft with Griffin coming in. I think they've got a lot of young assets. I think they're very exciting, and I think a lot like Cleveland, as the season goes on, they could be a team that's going to get stronger and stronger. And if the East's as tight as it could be, that could be enough to get them a home court. But for now, with the betting in process, I'm going to put them in at six. Well, I'm good. I might throw a spanner in the works here. I agree with Paul that five through nine, you could throw a blanket on all of them, but I don't agree on the teams. I think the Boston Celtics are going to finish sick this season. Okay. Losing Ime Udoka, I think, is going to be a real issue. Um, Tatum and Brown are great, and I think Brogdon is a big get for them as well. Um, they got Gallinari, and Gallinari's now injured. I think he's out for the season, isn't he? Um, yeah. You've got Williams, who is going to miss, what, a couple of months of the season. He was, another, he was great. Another five to nine weeks, mate. It's like you're reading my yep. notes here. Oh really? <laughs> but yeah. he was but he was great for them in the playoffs. So they're now relying on Al Horford who's 36, Blake Griffin who's 33. Like 
they're in trouble there for me. Um, I I just think my top four, I think, is going to be a bit different to you guys. I, I think Boston and who I've got in fifth, I think, are going to slide this year. So that's all I'm going to say till we get around to that. But yeah, Boston, I think, are going to be sick. They could finish higher. I'm not ruling that out, but I uh, I, I think Udoka is going to be a massive miss. Yeah, I, I love Boston to be sick. Um, or even lower. But um, I've got Cleveland in sixth. Um, a lot of the points you guys have already mentioned. 44 and 38 last year is, is a decent jump from what they did the season previous. And obviously adding uh, Allstein in uh, Donovan Mitchell um, is, is quite an addition. But obviously Paul mentioned um, Garland and Mitchell need to work out their roles on that team. But, um, you know, Jarrett Allen's a beast uh, Mobley's showing great promise. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, good, um, you know, people who could just just come in there. You know, like said Jenny Osman, he, he was all right last night. Not not great, but they come in fill a role. So um, I, yeah, I think Cleveland are good for six. Just um, getting in without having to do the playing for me. Paul five, a team that I could see collapsing a team that I could see finishing in the top three. Uh, but I've gone with fifth for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it's it's a, a potentially solid starting five in Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton. You're talking from the bench, Patty Mills, Markeith Morris, TJ Warren, Joe Harris. Uh, you could argue Joe Harris starts over Curry. Um They've got a huge amount of potential. They have to keep Durant and Irving happy. Uh, you're talking into those two players, elite playmaking, shooting, they guarantee competitiveness. Um, yeah, so I've gone with them for fifth. They'll be dangerous to anybody. I've gone for the Miami Heat as the next team, and I seriously mean that. And the reason why is it is a team, I think, that if you look at it, Kyle Lowry is getting no younger. Jimmy Butler is at 33 years old. When Jimmy Butler plays the games he's playing, the way he plays, it has to be all on the line. I think there's going to be um, maybe management of Butler with games going forward. I'm still not sold on Tyler Hero's attitude. I think he's possibly, I look at a player there who might think he's a little bit better than he is. And I'm not saying I think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. And I think the loss of PJ Tucker is, is a pretty big one. And I think they've got the best coach in the NBA. I honestly believe that. But I think Miami might be a team who are willing to sit in the playoffs between four and six, do rotation and then say, get everybody fit for the off-season and then let's go from there. So I think there might be some... That's what I think will bring Miami down in the regular season standards. But I think they'll just go all in for the playoffs. Mate, we we got another one the same. I've got Miami fifth as well. Butler's 33, Lowry's 36... Tyler Hero needs another big year. He won sixth man of the year last year. 
Bam only played in 56 games last year. He needs to stay healthy. I, I just think with Butler and Lowry, wrong side of 30, I, I don't know. For me, my top four, I, I think have all got better. And I don't feel like Miami and Boston have, which is why I think they both slide to five and six for me. Okay. Um, I've got Boston in fifth. Obviously, Mikey's touched upon this already, but, you know, new coaching, Joe Missoula. Obviously, uh, he's got a lot on his plate. Um, taking over from Coach Uduka, Udoka, sorry. Um, obviously, there's the turmoil surrounding, you know, the big dark clouds over what's happened there. Injuries to Gallinari, Robert Williams. But with Rob Williams as well, you know, the Celtics are talking, right, you'll be back in five to nine weeks. This is a couple of weeks ago now when he originally had the injury. He's not going to be 100%. And they were playing him last season. I think it was um, our favourite Celtic podcast, Mikey, um, that, that said this, wasn't it? Bill Simmons. All right. You know, <laughs> w- w- when he... <laughs> I don't really, I, I rarely agree with Bill Simmons. Um, but on this one, I do. He's not going to just fit straight back in there. He's going to be on 20 minute minute restrictions for, you know, good 20, 20 games to get him fully up to speed. So he's not going to have the impact that he would, that he did last season. So obviously you, you lose that rim protection. Obviously Grant Williams is a good player, but he doesn't bring what Rob Williams does. Al Horford's not getting any uh, younger. Um, I think the season he had before in OKC, where he barely played, um, really helped him last season to be able to play as many games as he did for the Celtics. So obviously, you know, he'll probably need a night off every now and again. Um, Obviously, Brogdon's a big addition. But for that reason, I believe they slide to fifth. And way way under on the over-under but I think they were on about 53 or something, the best in the East. I don't think they'll only be near that, be anywhere near that this year. So, um, yeah. Paul, four. Boston. Um, Robert Williams, I think, is uh, a big loss. Uh, I think the fallout for from the coaching issue will have an impact. I do wonder if it's going to be overplayed because of the the quality that they they have on the court. They are bringing back a team that um, had a really strong season. They're bringing back their top eight players from the playoffs who finished the playoffs playing strong basketball um, they're a hard-nosed team they're experienced and I think that they with their talent can find the way to keep themselves in contention and most of them are on the right side of 30 and bring it, and getting Brogdon is a huge pickup. Um, I could argue from finishing second but I've gone fourth I've gone for the Brooklyn Nets and my reasoning, I could have quite easily put other things here, is I think Brooklyn are haunted a little bit about where their record was last season. So I think they're going to be trying everything they can to get home court. 
I think the likes of Warren, Morris and O'Neill are pretty decent pickups for them. However, I don't think they will be at the top of the East because you are then asking, okay, is Kevin Durant going to play every single game? Um, is Kyrie Irving going to be sensible all season or is he going to have is something else going to happen with Kyrie? And you've then got the big question out of Ben Simmons, which at any point could be like a hand grenade waiting to go off. I'm surprised Nash is there, to be honest, still as the coach. But I think they're going to go all out for home court. But I think there's a lot of question marks surrounding that team. So Brooklyn, for me, are there. There's a lot of what-ifs in Brooklyn. Well, I think you guys have already picked my my team that I've got fourth. And I, I, I just don't know how they're so low. I've got the Raptors fourth. And this was actually before Paul even mentioned the stat that they finished top 10 defensively the last four out of the mm. last five years. That cemented it for me. Uh, started with Scotty Barnes, won rookie of the year last year. He was great. I think he's yes. going to take another jump this year. Average 15 points last year. So if he can improve his shooting a little bit, the guy's going to get probably closer to that 18 to 20, 20 points per game mark for me. OG Ananobi only played 48 games for the Raptors last year. If he can stay healthy for a longer period of time, that's going to help him. Siakam's really good. Van Fleet's really good. They added Otto Porter, who the Warriors didn't really want to let go after their title run, but they've now added him. And Otto Porter's only like 29. Feels like he's been in the league for years, but he's another really good addition. And I think Gary already said Nick Nurse is a really, really, really good head coach yeah. as well. So the fact that they're built on the defensive side of the ball, and if you're if you're leaning in that Scotty Barnes is going to take another jump this year, I just can't see how they're going to finish outside that top four for me personally. But that's where I'm going for. Well, what do I know? For... <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I go know. with Brooklyn Nets. Four, obviously finished 44 and 38 um, last season when everybody fancied them to, to walk the East. Um, so granted they had, you know, a really bad season last year at 44 and 38. Um, KD's KD. Kyrie will be playing a lot more games. Um, a lot will, you know, rest on young Ben Simmons. Um, but obviously his defence is very, very good. If he plays as well as he did defensively for Philadelphia when he was in Philly, when he did play, then obviously um, that'll stand him in good stead. Uh, Gary's just, just touched upon TJ Warren, uh, Morris, O'Neill being added to the roster. Obviously, they've got a bit of a, a problem at centre and they've only got Nick Claxton, but there's a lot of good things going there. The only surprise, as Gary's mentioned, is Steve Nash. I don't think he's cut out to be the coach there. He doesn't have that experience. Uh, you know, he'd be better suited to be an assistant, learn his trade, and then get promoted like a lot of these uh, co other coaches have done. So if I was a, a Nets fan, I'd want a, you know, an older head in, in, in the hot seat. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a very good outfit. So I've got them in four. The Paul three, Miami. Um, I, I think they'll have a little drop from 
where they finished last year. But that's more on how the other teams are as opposed to them. Yeah, I fully agree on the points around age. Um, everybody knows I'm no great fan of the fat flopper, but uh, he does produce every time he plays. Um, Jimmy Butler, bam, there, quality. Tyler Hero, I'm no great fan of his, but unfortunately, um, as a Magic fan, they are coached brilliantly. And regardless of whether they're struggling with personnel, whether they've got injury issues, they just seem to find a way to get results. Um, so I still I still think that they've got quality um, and I can see them being up there and very, very competitive against our God third for Miami. Uh, you're almost on the verge of saying heat culture there, Paul. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've never heard it's, mentioned. It's, yeah, before. you know, we've never, we've never mentioned heat culture before. Nobody ever talks about it, do they? <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go with Boston here, and you know what? I think what's happened with the Dogers is like a it's a real head scratcher for me because. I thought he would have, before that happened, he was in for like a real shout as head coach of the year with what he turned around last season. I just think Boston are really, really tough and they proved it in the playoffs last year. And if there was a lot of other teams, what had happened, I would have been like, there's a cloud hanging over that organisation that could that could really sink. And I, I can see that argument and go with it as well. But I just think there's a real hard edge there with the likes of Tatum, Brown, Smart, I like what they brought in with Brogdon. Horford, yeah, he might be slowing down a bit, but he didn't slow down in the playoffs. And he's still a very, very talented basketball player and a leader. And you know what? Sometimes when bad things happen to the guys who've got that toughness, it unites them together. And I think Boston could still be a very dangerous team. So I think Boston in third is where I'm going to push it now because I just think they're mega talented and I think they're mega tough. And they might be the team who's got the... uh, the culture. Well, this is going to be my wild card, but I'm going with it. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be the third seed this season. I was just trying to work out who you haven't said yet. And um, yeah, it feels like a big jump because they finished ninth last year, but they were one game off the top seed in February before seasons derailed this their year um Jarrett allen made the all-star team garland made the all-star team they're only going to get better mobley is already being talked about as a potential defensive player of the year or certainly an all all nba defensive player i think he's going to be I think him and Barnes are going to take a really big jump and I think they're going to make a big difference to their teams. And then you add Donovan Mitchell into the mix and then their offense improves. The The, the Cavs finished ninth in defensive rating last year. So they're a good defensive team as well. And I think if, if they can maintain that, like they've got the shot blocking with Jarrett Allen, you've got veterans like Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio. I, I, I think they've got a lot to like in Cleveland. I, I just think that's my wildcard pick. I think they're going to be the third seed. And look, they finished with 44 wins. 
Boston, Milwaukee and, and Philly all finish with 51. So it's only a seven game improvement if you're basing it off of last year's standards, which I know you can't really compare, but I think Miami and Boston are going to slide. And I just think Cleveland are going to, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to see Cleveland in that top four personally, but that's my wildcard pick. So in third place, I've got the second best team in Florida, the Miami Heat. Um, so you guys have mentioned some of the other players. Um, a couple you may not have mentioned. Uh, Victor Oladipo obviously had a, an injury plagued season. We know what he can do. He can go off, especially from what he learned in Oklahoma with Russell Westbrook. Um, they always seem to find these gems in Max Struess, uh, Yurtsevan. Um, they, they always just seem to find these diamonds in the rough. Um, who, who always tend to play very well. Uh, we touched upon uh, Coach Spo, who's absolutely fantastic. You can't knock knock the guy. Um, extending Hero to that contract, a lot of money for you know for a, for a gunslinger off the bench for me, who you know that doesn't play that much defense, shall we say? Um, but by Miami's um, expectations, I think they wanted to be making moves. They wanted to be in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. Uh, I think they were a bit disappointed they didn't make any moves, so they've almost run it back. Uh, obviously, as you've mentioned, a year older, uh, they're still going to be paying Jimmy Butler about $50 million in about five years' time. So we've got that to look forward to. But still a quality outfit, so I got him in third. So we're down to the, uh, the final two, gentlemen. And I think we've all got the same teams as one and two. So, um, how should we do this? We just continue as we are, or do you want a show of hands? Who, who's got Milwaukee? Who's got Philadelphia? Should we do that first? Yeah, go on then. Right then, who's got Milwaukee? I was the top of the second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. <laughs> what, 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 what at a time? What at a time? Mikey, what were you saying? I've got Milwaukee second. Gary? I've got Philadelphia second. Philadelphia. Philadelphia second. Milwaukee second. So it's a 2 2 split. Right. Ooh. We'll go back to it. Paul. <laughs> the six, for me, the six has addressed their issues that they needed to address in the summer. They made some really strong pickups. Um, everything starts and finishes with Joel Embiid for me. He has to stay healthy. If he doesn't stay healthy, then they aren't challenging in the postseason. They'll rack up wins and they will score an absolute ton of points. Uh, picking up Harrell as the sixth man, cracking, cracking move. James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid. Um, that's a brilliant starting five. They have superb depth. They are genuinely. 12 players deep um, they are genuinely 12 players deep it's it's an incredible roster but but I don't think they're going to take the top spot I think that's it with Milwaukee yeah okay. I'm with Paul um, I think Tyrese Maxey could get the most improved player this season I think there's a real case for that. 
I think him and James Harden will offset Danny Green. I think Harrell, as much as I dislike him, is a great pickup. I think PJ Tucker adds the veteran. Yeah, everything Paul said, I agree with. I just think there is a very big Greek guy in Milwaukee who's going to have a lot to prove this season. And if Chris Middleton's back, I think the books are just. Giannis is just that little bit better, even though I think Embiid is superb. I just think yeah. the big, I think the big Greek guy is the best player in the league. I agree with everything you both said, and I actually think Milwaukee are the best team in the East. But I don't think it really matters if they finish first or second for me. Yeah. I agree with that as well. I think Giannis hasn't played more than seventy games in the last three years. Yeah, he's missed. He's missed more games than people probably think. I, I think he's going to be a man possessed this year, and I think l- Greece losing in Eurobasket is just going to give him a little bit more juice going into the season. Not that he needs it. Chris Middleton coming back is uh, is. If Middleton wasn't hurt last year, I think the Bucks would have made the finals. Yep. Personally, um, I think when we get to those final few few weeks of the season, I think Milwaukee will worry more about being healthy for the playoffs than they will about finishing in the top seed. Um, So, but I think they are the best team in the East, but I don't think it matters that they finish second. I think Mikey, the Doc Rivers, tweeted it. Hey? (laughs) Say that again. I think Doc Rivers would like that if you tweeted it, seeing as he's been on a lightning. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone um, also Milwaukee as number two. Um, Obviously, Middleton coming back, uh, massive this season if he can stay healthy. Brooke Lopez only played, I think, maybe about 10 or 15 games last season. So having him in the middle, obviously, he's going to, you know, give him a big lift. other than that, it, it's only really adding Joe Ingles for um, who's probably going to see the majority of minutes taken from Grace and Allen when it comes, you know, down to uh, when it comes to the playoffs. So they haven't made that much of a, you know, an addition for me. Whereas I'll get onto Philly in a second, where I think they've gone all out. So for that reason, I put Milwaukee second. But Mikey gets a very good point and like Milwaukee did this season, they didn't really care at the, at the end of the season. They weren't bothered about first. And I can't remember if they finished second or third or whatever they did. Third. Because they year, were, yeah. you know, third, there you go. Because they've, they've got the best player in the league in Giannis. Um, and, and he can make anything happen. But saying that, if anything does happen to Giannis, you know, touch wood, it doesn't. Then obviously, then Milwaukee fall down to the middle of the pack then. Yeah, I don't think they can sustain that without Giannis, um, you know, carrying that load. So, so Paul, number one. Okay, the reason I have gone for Milwaukee as the number one is partly because of them finishing third last season. It meant that they didn't have home court for the semi-finals against Boston. So I think that they could well want to improve and guarantee themselves that advantage. Um, I I entirely agree that it perhaps doesn't matter to them. 
and that everything starts and finishes with Giannis. If he gets injured, we're not talking about necessarily the same team. Um, but when you they are a strong, deep team. Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, Joe Ingles, Wes Matthews. And I clearly need to make an edit on what I've wrote on this article because uh, I've misspelled Bobby Portis and apparently his name is Booby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Booby Portis. He is a really good guy to be able to bring off the bench. It's, it's a squad of experienced talent and depth. They're going to be... I think, and I think the point about Giannis not getting the, the medal in in Eurobasket is absolutely genuine. One, he's going to want to show something. I think he's going to be a man possessed this year. Um, so I do think that they are going to be uh, the top seed. And I th- with addressing your point about not necessarily making moves, G, getting Brook Lopez to come back um, after the back surgery. Chris Middleton coming back. And I think Grayson Allen missed a few games as well, didn't he? Did he have a period out as well? It's like you've picked up three additional players. When you get players back of that quality who have been absent, it's like you've picked up um, somebody in free agency or have made a trade. So I, I think they are in a stronger position through returning players than they were at the back end of last season. Booby Portis, I think, would <laughs> definitely gonna like. From I'm editing this now. <laughs> it's not. It's not Jalen Jugs, though, is it? So, both of them would get a like from the my number two seeds head coach. But um, yeah, Milwaukee. All I'm gonna say really is, is if Yanis plays, he's the best player, and that could actually be enough. I think he's that dominant and that good. Um, so if Yanis plays, if I was looking through a crystal ball at a tanking Utah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Clarkson end up on the books. And if you had Clarkson and Portis coming off that bench, that is lethal. That is lethal. So there we are, but it hasn't happened yet. But It's not a bad problem to have. Well, I've gone for the Philadelphia 76ers for the first seed because I think Joel Embiid is going to win the MVP this year. Um, they they both finished with 51 wins, so we're, <laughs> there's not a lot between the two of them. Um, I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be in, is also going to be in with a shout of making the All Star team this year. I think he's going to be another name that people are going to talk about. Um, they made the trade for James Harden and I, and it worked. <laughs> I still don't trust James Harden, which is why I think Milwaukee will make the finals. Um, but I, I just think Embiid is that great of a player that he's going to have a monster season. Again, if, if he could stay healthy, then uh, Philadelphia have more to prove than the Bucks for me. More, more than anything and I just think they want to go out and prove that to people during the regular season um, 
we'll see if Doc Rivers can get it done when it comes to the playoffs. He's had talented teams before and failed, which is what I think is going to happen again this year. Um, but I think Philly will finish first. Yeah, I got Philly in first too. Um I just add a couple of points to Mikey's points. He's just stolen my script again. Um, Matisse Tybal, you know, superb defender. You obviously added PJ Tucker, another great defender who's obviously been there, done that before. Um, and just to echo what you said about Joel Embiid, absolute dominant player. Uh, and I think he's going to bring it again this year. Uh, James Harden's going to get his, you know, free throws. So, obviously, they're going to probably be in the penalty a lot. So, not the most entertaining of games, probably to watch Philadelphia. But I, I think they'll get it done. And that's why I've also got them in number one. So, seeing as that's probably gone on for about an hour, let's just quickly go 15 through one. So, Paul, can you just tell me 15 through one? And then Gary, then Mikey, and then me. Just to recap very quickly before you just move on to the next section. Okay. Pistons, Pacers, Hornets, Wizard, Magic, Knicks, Bulls. And then top eight, Hawks, Raptors, Cavaliers, Nets, Celtics. Top three, Heat, 76ers and the Bucks. I hope I get this right because I've been like... <laughs> um, I've got Charlotte, Indiana... Washington, Detroit, Orlando, New York, Chicago, Toronto, Cleveland, Atlanta, um, Miami, Brooklyn, Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee. So my five to miss the playoffs and play in, starting with Indiana 15, Charlotte, Washington, Detroit and New York. I've got Orlando at 10, Atlanta at nine, Chicago at eight, Brooklyn seventh, Boston sixth, Miami fifth, and then my top four is Toronto, Cleveland, and then Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Okay, and just to round it all off, uh, my bottom five are Indiana at 15, Charlotte 14, Detroit 13, Washington 12, 11 New York, Chicago at 10, the playing teams, Orlando at 9, Atlanta 8, Toronto 7, Cleveland 6. Uh, no, not Cleveland 6. Anyway, that's not uh, playing. Anyway, uh, 5, Boston, 4, Brooklyn, 3, Miami, 2, Milwaukee, and 1, Philadelphia. Right, so I, I'd set you a couple of other very quick questions. Um, the Western Conference, just want to know who comes out of the West no, Mikey, I got first this time. Oh, uh, let me just bring up the standards. Have a look. Uh, coming out of the West, I think is going to be the LA Clippers. I went with this uh, in the early off season. I think we were on the sixth. Uh, was it the Ozone podcast? We did this, Paul. Yes. Yeah, I've, I went with the Clippers then, and I'm going with the Clippers now. All right, Gap. Golden State. Pop. I can't remember who I said when we did this before. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with what I feel now Golden State. 
Yeah, it's hard to see past Golden State, isn't it? But I'm going to throw a wild card in and say the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wow. I, I like what really? they did. Really? Yeah. I've got, them as, I've got them as seventh. Have you really? Yeah. Wow. I've got them at six. I didn't I, actually. I, don't know. I I didn't rank mine, but I. That's a big shout, G. That's. I got I, I think I think Minnesota could take a jump. Like I think Cleveland are going to make a jump in the standings this year, but for then kept going to the finals. That's a. That is bold. Uh, yeah, Gold State will probably take the West Finals, but yeah, I think Minnesota. Edwards is going to make a, a leap. Obviously, you got Carl Anthony Towns. I think Gobert just bring a, a big sort of um, defensive um, mindset to the Timberwolves. It'd be nice to see. I don't mind the Timberwolves. Right. Worst team in the league. Worst. Worst. Okay, There's a few see. to pick from. Really? Okay. I'm surprised Simply at that. Because there's, there's only one reason that with uh, the big man being out for the season, there's nothing to gain, so they might as well tank. Okay, Gary. Oh, you broke up there, Paul. Who did you say? I went with OKC. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I went with Utah. I think it's pretty open what they're doing. I think they'll edge San Antonio for the worst record. Well, like gee, uh, well, you asked us for three, if I remember right. Oh, uh, mate, I've got a list yeah, of did. five here. So, so I've got three. My bottom three is San Antonio, Utah, and Indiana. Yeah, they're, they're my three also. And and obviously, you know, it's a lot you then who gets, gets the the first pick. Did you want to add anyone to that guy, or are you happy with... I think, as it stands, Utah, San Antonio, Charlotte. But if Indiana do what I think they might do, then that could very easily change. Yeah, cool. Uh, and last one, NBA Finals and who wins it? Uh, mate, Gary, um, I'll go Gary first this time. Okay. Uh, Gary, have a first go. Um, I'm going to say it's a Warriors versus Bucks final. And... Oh... It'll go seven games, and just because of I'm a fan of Yanis, I'm going to say Bucks. Paul, same. Okay, Mikey. I think it's going to be the Bucks and the Clippers, and I think the Bucks are going to win it all. Okay, I got the Warriors and the Seventy Sixers, and I got the Seventy Sixers winning it all. So there we have it. Go on, bet three, six, bet three six five in a minute. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for that. Um, so, just a quick one: Magic obviously start the season next week on the road against the Detroit Pistons, followed by a road trip to Georgia to face the Atlanta Hawks. Before our two friends here. We'll be at the Amway Centre for the visit of the Boston Celtics. So just a, a quick recap. So the Magic play, these are all UK times now. So Thursday night, so I'm sorry, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, we play the Detroit Pistons on the road. Then on Friday night, Saturday morning, we play the Atlanta Hawks in Georgia. And then on Saturday, well, Sunday morning, 
midnight. We play the Boston Celtics. So just listen out for a couple of rowdy Englishmen there. So don't, um, forget, the, don't forget the rowdy Scots. Oh, yeah, and the Scotsman. He's don't already there. Don't forget the rowdy Scott of the advance He's... party. He was already there in Angus. I know. Braveheart's already there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so predictions for the week for those three games, gentlemen. Uh, let's go in order of people leaving again. Paul? Two and one. Winning which game? Turn one. We will beat Detroit and we will win our opening home game against Boston. Okay. Gary? Why not? Two and one. Same as Paul. Same as Paul. Mikey? I'm, gonna be... mate, I, I'm, due, I'm due witnessing the magic win again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very true. Mate, we're due a championship. Come on. Let's be honest. Well, oh, he's back in the building. I have to go the same as you two. The fact that the fact that Paul, right? The fact that Paul is doing so well at Sky Sports Super Six this year, and he's (laughs) leading our table because he keeps getting, he keeps. Smashing it every week. Your predictions are on point, and I can't go against what you're saying, mate. And the fact that you guys are going to be there for the Celtics and opening night, um, and I think the the Celtics are going to disappoint a couple of people this year. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be the Pistons and the Celtics. That's the two. I'm going to make it a full house. <laughs> 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 I can't go any different. I've been really impressed with the way we're playing, and we're going to win the. Ho- I, I really fancy us to beat Detroit, and it's the home opener, and you're going to be there. You're going to be there to will on the boys. So why not two and one, two and one for me. When they so, look in the stands and they see Angus with the blue and white face paint on. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, thank you gentlemen for joining us um, now it's best that Gary better get start packing obviously Paul's, <laughs> Paul's sorted his suitcase house already I've just got just, to sort my flip flops out mate <laughs> flip flops your car insurance and all that mate just... <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway Mikey and myself uh, we'll still be back in Blighty uh, next week. So we'll do one last podcast on Sunday, the 23rd of October to discuss the early parts of the season. Uh, thank you ever so much for listening and watching. Uh, stay up to date with the latest Orlando Magic news by subscribing to our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK. Please leave us your comments. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter or at Orlando Magic UK. So from Mikey, Paul, Gary and myself, until next week, go Magic.